0: Step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time
1: best sports blog winner
0: with Justin Bradford, three-time
1: winner for best sports reporter and commissioner of the SECHC,
0: and Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the Music City. Penalty Box Radio is on Smashville's best sports talk.
1: ESPN
0: 102.5 The Game.
2: Welcome to Comedy Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, intern Danielle here in studio. And boy, we have a fun night of hockey talk coming up. And it's weird because it's not the night immediately after a Preds game. It's two I know, nights. it's weird. It's if, been a little weird.
1: Yeah. It feels like we're lacking, you know, like we're just dragging. Just dragging along. Slow. Well, it's yeah. a
2: weird road trip the way it's laid out. The Preds are gone for basically two weeks, but they only have four games. Yeah. <laughs> in those two weeks. Good, good for rest because yep, there are so many some, home games in October. Yep,
1: they got some time just to, you know, while you're on the road, it's already a little bit of a, you know, you, you have to acclimate yourself to the travel, being in a different area, mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. nice to have the rest time. It's a nice
2: word, acclimate.
1: Acclimate, that was a very good choice and of words. So
2: speaking of acclimate, you know, we want to touch it on a little bit, even those two. Knights removed, but that 6-1 win over Detroit... It's took never them, too
1: late to talk about that, It, it took a period
2: to acclimate to the conditions they were in.
1: It did, and they've been they've been acclimating <laughs> quite well in the second period lately. They
2: have. I mean, just to touch on it briefly, that it, I was at Centennial Sportsplex watching some high school hockey. It was a Father Ryan... Uh it, the big game against Ensworth Nolansville and they they got the, the three nothing victory post game report on penalty box radio and then it was Brentwood playing university school in Nashville and Brentwood had had a big win and kind of watching the T V before I could go back home and, and watch the game. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the, the score first for having to see you, it's like, well, here we go, given Predators' a record, and then all of a sudden you turn around in the next period, and then it's bam, 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 bam in a span of five minutes.
1: Every other blink.
2: Yeah, the Predators you know. get a goal, and so, th- but that's what you wanted. This team and Nick Benino getting another one, leading goal scorer Nick Benino.
1: Yes, that's a big. And then Cali. Short-handed goal, Crow, <laughs> Killing it lately. Yeah,
2: and then you yeah, have Kyle goals. Turris, Colton Sissons. I mean, Sissons really stepping up with that new contract. Uh, Matt Duchesne getting two, Philip Forsberg. Pecorino getting an assist mm-hmm. in the game. So, good way to get... They did exactly what you're supposed to do to a bad team. And that's yep. sometimes when you have that measuring stick of how good is this team. They finally did what they were supposed to do against a bad team. And sometimes... Good team struggle. They, they played down to their opponent, and they kind of – I don't want to say they did in the first period because they actually played a decent first period. They just couldn't score. Well, all those chances piled mm-hmm. up into the second period, and then bam – they just fired at will and scored, and that's what you want to see. Though a bad team like Detroit should be getting pummeled by the National Predators, and they did. And this, I mean, I don't want to be say anything against Detroit. Right now, they're a bad team. Steve is going to rebuild that team. Just given the draft picks are going to get when you're that bad, you're going to get good draft picks. We've seen that with Chicago and Pittsburgh before, uh, but not Edmonton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but looking at that, that's what you want to happen. And then they have some good. They have a tough matchup coming up against Colorado, who has been interesting. Mm-hmm. And then San Jose, who has been pfft,
1: yeah, less <laughs> than interesting, <been laughs>
2: poopy. They've been poopy. Yeah, they've Ugh. been very poopy. And we're going to talk a lot about this coming up. I mean, uh, in our next segment, we're going to have Connor Ingram. He's the goaltender for the Milwaukee Admirals. He's kind of splitting duty with Troy Grosnick. They had a morning game today. Uh, Troy Grosnick played in goal. But Connor Ingram going to join us. He was traded to the Predators in the offseason uh, for seventh round pick. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you get a fresh start there. And then Curtis Pashalka with the Mercury News is going to talk San Jose Sharks with us because that's what the Predators are facing later this week. But Glenn, I w- let's touch on something. The Winter Classic jerseys, both teams have released them. Mm-hmm. And this has been, it's such a hot topic. And it comes down to, there's so many memes about it and everything too. Is like you're, you're cheering for clothes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually cheering for clothes yeah. as well because I am a huge fan of the Predators jersey. You are huge.
2: What makes you such a huge fan of them?
1: Well, when I first saw it, I was drawn to it. Normally, it usually takes a game or so watching the players out there on the ice at the jersey, seeing how it looks. But this one, and I've always been a fan. My first jersey I ever bought years ago was a white away jersey. I've always been a fan of those. So I was a little, I don't know, not concerned, but when I was anticipating it coming <laughs> out, I'm like, is it going to be? look good if it's an all gold i had no idea i had no idea but man something about the white looks so fresh and so clean and i love the vintage vibe it just i'm a huge fan i i I love it and like i said normally it takes me a little bit to you know to adjust and be like oh yeah it suits them but it already suits them i love it (laughs)
2: It does, and so for those that don't know, if you've been mm-hmm. you know ignoring everything on the internet like so many people tend to do and hide under a rock and then have an opinion about something, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a nice little touch <laughs> of a throwback to the Nashville Dixie Flyers for those that don't know, let's educate you a little bit about the Dixie Flyers, mm-hmm. so they were in Nashville from nineteen sixty two to nineteen seventy one for the franchise folded, they played in the Eastern Hockey League, and they won two championships two championships in 64 60 oh, sorry 65 66 66 67 mm-hmm. and if you go and look at those jerseys that's like classic vintage yeah 60, i was 70 about to say jerseys. if you're
1: not a fan of these jerseys um one i don't understand how but also <laughs> go go google the jerseys yeah uh, go look them up because yeah. then you'll see how they paid homage to this team and it's it makes them that much more likable. Yeah, so. and,
2: and here's what's so funny about these jerseys. Dallas has came out today, and I like them. People, are, uh, so I know some are complaining about the gloves and the pants. The gloves are a throwback to the old leather gloves mm-hmm. that were worn back then, and the pants and the khakis. Look, I get it. It's for one game.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> It's for It'll one. G- <laughs> They're division rivals. <laughs> they played each other in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't think the players at that point are going to be carrying, mm-hmm. oh, man, I'm wearing leather-style gloves. No, yeah. they, they're oh, tan. Man. Oh man, they're wearing. I'm wearing khaki colored pants. It's, all down it's one after game. This. <laughs> Predators. Uh, Sean Henry said they're going to wear those jerseys for probably two more games sometime during the season as well. But this is what's so funny to me about some of these jerseys. I don't care what you think about these jerseys. They're just for it's for fun. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, they're they're trash. They're awful. What a horrible concept. I don't care.
1: You know what I think? <laughs> I of- really don't
2: care what you think that it's that there's no that they're boring. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get, I don't understand why you think they're boring, because it's a throwback. Well, I, I get the, I get the vibe they're trying to do a throwback. Okay, that's great. You get it. Why do you have such a strong opinion on a piece of clothing that hockey players are going to wear to play in? It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be classic. It's a mm-hmm. winter classic. It's Unique. It's unique. Let them, let them have the thing. I understand some graphic designers that they may not like the, the P touching, mm-hmm. but some so many strong opinions the P touching the stripe at the bottom. You're giving these (laughs) this weird look. They don't like that, the script style like that. But so many people, and they come up with different concepts. You know what one of the concepts I saw was? Putting the shoulder patch logo on the front. What did people react to with the shoulder patch logo? Oh my God, it's awful, it's terrible, it's a high school logo. Well, maybe we should put it on the front of the jersey. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) Can you not just be happy? It's the meme that Cameron Gumpy created that every fan seems to hate a jersey when it first comes out, I cannot believe they did this. It's 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 offensive. I'm I'm brutally disgusted at this. They didn't put any mm-hmm. thought into it. And a few years later, oh, it's part of our tradition. Oh, this is great. There's a fantastic jersey. You know, speaks volumes to us as I'll a fan. One. Oh, we gotta buy one. I'll gotta buy one. Two. Gotta buy one. You know, dear God, let people have their fun. Let people if, have their fun.
1: If this segment, this rant segment, was a meme, <laughs> it would be <laughs> the yelling girl. <laughs> At the white cat sitting at the table, (laughs) and Justin is yelling right now. Actually, no, you're the cat. They're yelling. They're yelling. They hate this jersey. I hate this jersey. And Justin is sitting there in front of a plate of broccoli as a white cat. I, mean, Wait, you know, I don't care. I mean, get over it. What you it's you jersey. jersey.
2: You know, and someone replied back, you know, there's like 22 people. I really like this jersey. Wait, <laughs> what?
1: That, oh, they count. They did count. Yeah, they, they, they counted.
2: Only okay. 22 people really like this I hope jersey. I they included
1: me in the survey and poll because they didn't ask me. Yeah, so. uh,
2: you know, and, and John Jensen, who covers Milwaukee Adams for us, just put out a little poll out there. And I think it was 90% of people, over 400 votes. 90% of people like the jersey. Love the
1: jersey, yeah. Yeah. Which I did the math, and that doesn't yeah,
2: really add up to that, that, you know, that's not but. 22. And the thing is, it's going to sell merch. Now, it's too, and I think it's gonna—they're gonna, gonna have gonna, fun with it. It's gonna have that vintage and it's look. It's
1: gonna look really good on the ice. I think it's
2: gonna look really good on the ice. And I like—I like the Stars jersey too. And what's so funny is seeing opinions come in from St. Louis Blues fans about the two jerseys.
1: Like, did anybody ask them?
3: <laughs> Y'all got
2: your Stanley Cup. Shut up and yeah. go away.
1: Yeah. Don't even no. Don't even comment. Oh, the not- jerseys
2: are trash. What, why go to the extreme? What's with trash? Oh, they're trash.
1: And they're then you have say, okay.
2: You know, it's like okay if you don't do like do them. For, it's okay yeah. if you do like them. You know what? I don't care.
1: Don't watch the game if you don't like the jersey. Yeah. I don't know. You're going to watch You're the game. Watch People the- are
2: going to watch the game. They're oh, not I, part of
1: that anyway. I, so. Boy,
2: the rich, hockey history that Nashville and Dallas have. Why can't it be two Canadian teams? Well, they had one. It's called the Heritage Classic, and nobody knew about it. Even Canadians. There's there's an outs- outdoor game today? Yeah, it's what? in the third period. What? <laughs> I didn't even know about it. People know about this game. It's been sold out for months. There's people who's selling a ticket. Who's anybody have a ticket? Anybody who has a ticket? Anybody have a ticket? I need a ticket for that game.
1: And they sold them before they knew the clothes they were going to be wearing. Yeah. So I think everybody is going to be. Fine.
2: There's plenty of intrigue around this match, around this game, and let let people go have their fun and dear god shut up about the dang jerseys just (laughs) shut up about quit your moaning and your whining. oh they look awful they could have been more creative buy one more flashy flashy is not what the winter classic is about it's supposed to be classic you idiot
1: (laughs) it's not winter flashy (laughs) oh oh, that's good that's good good.
2: it's not hashtag it's not winter flashy Mm
1: -hmm. it's not oh boy anyways trending
2: and it was lots of, as always, plenty of upcoming hockey events coming. High school hockey has some big action coming up. This is going to be a great matchup in Bellevue at the Bellevue Ford Ice Center on Friday at 7:30. Montgomery Bell Academy taking on Mount Juliet Wilson Central in Lebanon. It's a good match coming up. Brentwood Ensworth Nolensville on Monday at 7 p.m. in Ford Ice Antioch. The Tennessee Outlaws Brentwood Academy at uh, Centennial Sportsplex Monday night as well. And Father Ryan taking on Blackman Stewart's Creek at Fordyce Antioch, and then at Bellevue Monday evening at 9, you have the Franklin Humefog BGA team taking on Ravenwood. That will be a fun matchup as well. And Now the big thing this weekend college hockey-wise, Vanderbilt University taking on Notre Dame and Alabama in the Scholar Shootout, the Bellevue Ice Center, Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, and VanderbiltHockey.com is the details. And the University of Alabama and Huntsville Chargers are hosting Alaska Anchorage this weekend as well in Huntsville. So just take the two-hour drive south and watch some NCAA D1 college action so there's plenty of college hockey for you to catch even when the preds are away there's always hockey going on go out and support your local hockey teams go out and support the high school teams go out and support the college teams go there a lot of these things are really cheap or really free (laughs) so huge opportunities to go there and support it but glenn you know it is going to be really really cold out i mean talking about wind chills in the in the teens temperatures in the 20s and the lows coming up but you know
1: I i need some heat
2: you know when it won't be like that It'll be in July for the Penalty That's Box seven. Radio Predators Fan Cruise in July because you can but, already start planning your vacation now.
1: But what if I want something a little chilly, like a little <laughs> a little ice surface yeah. while I enjoy the heat? Well,
2: you know what? During this Penalty Box what Radio do do? Ships and Trips Travel Royal Caribbean Fan Cruise, there's an ice rink on the ship.
1: Okay,
2: so you're there gonna be able we to skate. Go. On the ship, three private rentals that we have with this fan cruise from July 12th to 19th. It's a hockey fan cruise on Liberty of the Seas, sailing out of Galveston. Destinations include Cozumel, Costa Maya, and Rotan, Honduras. And hey, it's not just to have fun. We're going to raise money too for the Predators Foundation through our cocktail, through our cocktail parties, everything like that. We want to raise money to help those in need. The National Predators Foundation is who we're going to benefit. And we have other things, not just the ice game, not just cocktail parties, but trivia nights, chuck a puck, all these different activities just for the hockey fans that are part of this penalty box radio fan cruise. So, hey, go to hockeyfancruise.com. That's hockeyfancruise.com. Book it today trying to get some special guests on the ship as well so it's going to be a lot of fun in july middle of the offseason nothing going on so come travel with us hockeyfancruise.com up next connor Ingram of the milwaukee admirals the goaltender there we're going to talk with him here on penalty box radio espn 1025 the game To Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, intern Danielle over there writing down some stats, doing the research. Hard at work. Joining us now, excited to have him on the show. Spoke to him a little bit during training camp and development camp. Connor Ingram, the goaltender for the Milwaukee Admirals. Connor, welcome to the show.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Absolutely. So I know you you didn't play today, but it's always kind of a unique experience those morning games, those school day games. What was it like experiencing that game in the morning and having so many kids there watching hockey?
3: Yeah, it was pretty cool. I uh, did that in junior a couple of times, but that was the first time in pro I've ever seen it. And there's a lot of kids in there. It got pretty loud at some points. So it's a little more <laughs> high pitched than normal, but uh, still pretty loud.
1: And Connor, I'm going to go back to Saturday's 5 uh, 2 victory against Chicago. You stopped 32 shots. Um, I believe it was 11 different players made their way onto the spreadsheet, uh, the score sheet in that game. So I kind of want to get your take on this game. It was obviously a game that got the team's confidence back. From your perspective, what was done differently in that game that gave y'all such a jump?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. I think we got after it early. I think we scored three in the first 10 minutes or so. So it's it's easier to play a game when you're up 3-0 than, than trying to trail from behind, but like you said, a lot of different guys hit the score sheet. When that happens, you should be should be doing pretty good.
2: And looking at the season so far, it's been actually pretty well balanced between you and Troy Grossnick. Is that helping you out a little bit too, having that balance between the two of you? So both of you guys are getting some pretty good reps there.
3: Yeah, it's good. The more you play, the the better you feel. It's it's a little harder as a goalie if you you sit out the two weeks or it is in between starts so no it's good to get to play and uh just to be around him and watch he's uh, we'll a lot to learn from him.
2: and milwaukee it's new for you new team and new organization for you as well this year what's it been like you went through the development camp you went through uh training camp and everything as well so we got to experience a lot of different players and build new friendships and new coaching staff as well what's the experience been like so far joining this organization and how's it, how's it been a little different for you
3: yeah, it's been really good to me. Uh, it's good. Uh, I think it was time for me in, in my career to see something fresh. and Luckily, Nashville gave me another shot. and uh, I really enjoyed it. The, the team's great. The coaches are great. Uh, I love the city of Milwaukee. I've been to a Bucks game. Uh, I went to the Green Bay Monday night a couple weeks ago there. So there's a lot to do, and uh, it's been a really fun start.
2: Yeah, sounds like it. So I got asked, too, have you had cheese curds yet?
3: <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, that was one of the first things they made me try down here. <laughs> And so the, the
2: arena you guys play in it has so much history to it as well. A classic style arena. What's it like playing in an arena that has some history like that? It has an old school vibe to it.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh I think coming from Syracuse I uh my judgment was a little tainted. Uh buildings uh, <laughs> the building's a couple of years older than this one, but it's uh it's a nice arena, it's got a nice big screen and the screen's in the two ends. It's uh it's really a really nice spot for us and the dressing room is is incredible for an American league team. It's uh it's beautiful inside now with so no, it's been really good, and the fans have been good too. So, nothing to complain about for sure.
2: No, definitely not. And so, saw the the jerseys for Dia de Muertos, and a lot of people were commenting on them. What were your thoughts on those Dia de Muertos jerseys? They look pretty. They look pretty fresh.
3: Yeah, I thought they looked pretty good. I I had to ask around and and try and figure out what the what that was or what it meant. But once somebody explained it to me, I uh, so it was a pretty cool idea, and they were pretty cool jerseys jerseys too. So that was a fun night to be a part of, and one I've never done before
2: yeah no absolutely so let's talk a little about your history because I know we've talked about it a lot in, in person here but so more people can learn more about you I mean you play in the WHL with Cam Loops and and so what was that experience like playing junior hockey in the W I mean it's it's a lot of travel I know compared to the O or the Q there's a lot more travel involved in the W
3: yeah it's, uh, it's a little different out there it was, it was good for me I'm from Saskatchewan obviously so I got to spend some winters in BC it's a little, a little milder get away from the cold a little bit but yeah is awesome to me uh is one of the best places to play i think you're pretty central uh like you said there's a lot of travel in that week so yeah we uh we made some long road trips but it uh taught me to learn to sleep on the bus and download my netflix before you leave
2: <laughs> i'm sure so so speaking of that let's completely change gears I'm here with goaltender connor ingram the Milwaukee admirals netflix what are some of your go-to shows right now on netflix
3: uh, well, honestly, I just got Hulu. We don't have Hulu no. in Canada, so I switched over, and uh, I had to switch over because I love Brooklyn Nine Nine, and there's no Brooklyn Nine Nine on American Netflix. It's uh, it's on Canadian Netflix, but I couldn't find it down here, so I had to get that to watch that. And uh, I uh, I usually go for that. They're usually just severs on if there's some football game or or even a hockey game. Or I'll watch Friends. My girlfriend made me watch the. That series this summer, so it's not my favorite, but I'll sit through a couple minutes of that if I have to. <laughs> okay,
2: then got, let's flip that then. Is there a show that you kind of make her watch that she has to get through?
3: Well, the deal was I watch Friends, she watched The Office, and I think she's made it through three episodes, and I made it through 10 or 11 seasons, whatever that is. <laughs> Although I, I do have a lot more free time than her, so. <laughs> so it sounds like an even exchange right there.
4: I feel The yeah, Office. We're,
2: we're going to talk about it behind closed doors. later, but we'll figure out.
1: <laughs> i feel the office one in my soul right now i feel that <laughs>
2: <laughs> so with the office and who's your favorite character on that show
3: Oh, uh, in the office probably toby i love just how much everybody hates them
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right see th- 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 there we go there we go so uh, in terms of movies and are, are you a movie goer or do you tend to prefer tv shows
3: uh I, i'm not a big go to the movies person but i'll i'll search in if see if i can find something there i'm more of a documentaries guy than i am uh than I am a movie guy.
2: Okay, so what are some good documentaries that you've experienced lately? Are the they sports ones or just any kind of documentary?
3: Yeah, anything really. Uh, I watched uh, I watched uh, I watched one called Iceman the other day. Uh-huh. There's a there's a bunch on Netflix there that uh, you can just kind of cycle through. The Founders a good one, or just conspiracies or anything like that. I don't anything busy basically. All
2: right, so Glenn, I know Glenn has one more question. Where I have to let you go. Too. We have
1: to, yeah, we have to ask <laughs> the important things that everybody wants to know. Is a hot dog a sandwich, Connor?
3: Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you might, we might get a no comment here. <laughs> the, the deciding factor on this, I always say, is this, is the bun in one piece or is the bun in two pieces? Oh. That's, one piece. One that's piece
2: the, so yeah. one piece not, the way yeah. a hot dog usually is served.
3: Yeah, one piece, then no, then it's not a sandwich. Yes. Okay,
2: okay. all right. Well, wow. oh, we learned something new about Connor Ingram today. <laughs> well, Connor, we certainly appreciate your time. Best of luck this season in Milwaukee. Uh, glad to have you on the show here. Welcome to the, to the Predators organization and everything, and we, we absolutely hope to see you here in the future, too, playing down in Nashville.
3: Yeah, hopefully see you soon.
2: All right, folks, Connor Ingram, goaltender for the Milwaukee Admirals, getting get some good split duty there with Troy Grosick. so it's really good to have him in the organization because, I mean, there's, he has a lot of talent. He has a lot of talent, so it's really good to see him there and getting a fresh start with the Milwaukee Admirals and the National Predators organization there, too. And hey, you know.
1: He's got got great taste in television shows, and he agrees, you know, that hot dog is a sandwich. So he's good people.
2: Oh, yeah, to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, up next, we're going to talk a little bit about the San Jose Sharks. Curtis Bashelko at the Mercury News is going to join us next. Predators play the Sharks later this week here on Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, The Game. Ed, welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 of the game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell. Producer Calvin behind the glass with them. Beats, as always. Intern Daniel in here with the research coming up in the next segment. And next up, let's talk San Jose Sharks. We have Curtis Peschelka on the line. He's with Mercury News. Curtis, how's it going? Good, Justin. How are you? Uh, doing just fine. Just, I'm enjoying the couple days off from hockey <laughs> instead of having it right. every other night. It's, it's, it's a nice little break the Preds have on the road here. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk to San Jose Sharks. It's got to be just a little bit shocking to Sharks fans, just in terms of the way this team's been performing lately. Just overall this season, I know it's very early and things can change. But what are your overall thoughts going on right now?
0: Well, I, I think we knew coming into the season that there was going to be some some bumps in the road. Obviously, they lost some, some players to free agency, and, and they lost a little bit on defense. And uh, you know, obviously, they, they, they were able to re-sign Eric Carlson, but there are still some questions about this team and. Its depth and, and maybe its goaltending, and, and and so far this year, I mean, all those concerns have kind of uh, kind of been verified. Uh, you know, they they they're not especially deep up front, and you know their goaltending has only been kind of so-so or even below average, and and we really kind of haven't seen the Eric Carlson of old yet this year. He he's certainly had flashes here and there, but not quite the dominant defenseman that we've come to come to. Uh, be used to over over the course of his career so uh so you add it all up together and, and it's only five wins in 16 games and you know there's certainly a lot of concern right now among sharks fans whether or not this team's going to be able to kind of turn it around and, and, and get back in the hunt here but uh but uh you know we'll we'll see that's sort of a question that uh, remains to be uh remains to be answered here
1: And Curtis, I know this is obviously – I want to kind of expand on what you just said because the talent is there, and so is this something that you're seeing could possibly be more of an internal issue than it is a roster issue? Um, I know that's not something you can directly answer because, like you said, we're so early in the season, but just kind of getting your take on it since you, you you see the ins and outs of this team on the ice and off the ice.
3: Yeah,
0: no, I think that's a fair question. I think I think at the start of the year there was there was just sort of a guys just needed to know how how to play with each other again, how they how this team was going to go about uh, creating offense and and defending again. Uh, you lose Joe Pavelski, Jonas Donskoy, Gus Nyquist, all the free agency. Uh, you have to trade Justin Braun, who was a pretty solid, reliable defenseman for the Sharks for for a number of years. Uh, for contract reasons, for cap reasons, sort of clear space for Eric Carlson, and so you you subtract all those players and you integrate uh, a handful of rookies into your lineup. They started the year with four guys, four first year players or, or four rookies uh, in their lineup this year, and and it was just a matter of this team uh, trying to find a way to mesh and, and learn what what worked for them because this is a, the new team this year not the same team they've had in the last couple of years where they've had a hundred points I mean, it's going to be uh, this is a, just a new team that would have to find its own identity and, and uh, it's it's kind of come and gone a little bit I think they're g- generally the Sharks have been pleased with how they have played uh, on this homestand they had a very good game against Winnipeg on Friday night they just, they just didn't win they, but they outshot the Jets uh something like fifty three to nineteen uh but were kind of victimized by a late goal by, by Winnipeg and then the next night, you know, they stink they up to join against Vancouver. They get they get they get uh they get rolled five to two by a very good Canucks team or a, a team that looks very good in Vancouver in, in the Canucks and then come back uh last night and, and get back to that sort of that same sort of uh winning style against uh against the Chicago team. know Granted, Chicago's not exactly world beaters right now, I and mean, they're at the end of a road trip. But still, I think that was uh, at least this has at least been a, a sort of a blueprint for how the Sharks have to play going forward. And, and uh, you know, to answer your question, I think it's just been it's just going to take time for this team to sort of get on the same page and, and uh, learn what works for them.
2: Again, Curtis Pachalka of the Mercury News, join us. Talk San Jose Sharks. The Predators face the Sharks later this weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me, in San Jose. Curtis, looking at, at the roster too and the stats, I mean, they're put still putting up some offensive numbers. I mean, you have the, the Sharks have plenty of players that are near point per game, but then, like you mentioned earlier, goaltending averaging a three point three eight goals against and three point eight three. Is this the kind of thing to where it really could be the issue where it's a defense and goaltending because the offense is still able to put the puck in forty goals score, but the, it's a minus eighteen goal differential right now.
0: Right, right. And, you know, the, the offense, the, a lot of that has come on the power play. Like, their five-on-five mm-hmm. five scoring this year has is, is not been very good. And, and uh, But to get to your, to your point about the goaltending, last year the Sharks set a franchise record for for goal scored at in a season. So they were able to kind of overcome some, some of the goaltending from, shaky goaltending from from Mark Jones and Aaron Dell, whereas this year the margin for error is, is a lot smaller than it was last season. Um, they can't afford to give up four goals a night on a regular basis like they did like they have so far this year, or three and a half, four goals this year, so uh, it's a question mark. I think the Sharks are hoping that by playing a tighter defensive style like they did last night and they, that they did Friday night against Winnipeg, that will cut down on the quality chances against, um, and you know, just hope that you know, while Martin Jones is is uh, you know, he doesn't have to be all world. He just has to sort of make uh, routine saves and just be average and he'll give his team a chance to win on, on most nights if the defenders in front of them can do their job as well. So I think I think from from the Shark standpoint they, they, they hope that um, you know, these guys could, could kind of just get back to being average goaltenders in the AHL with nine hundred five, nine hundred ten save percentages, goals against average closer to three than, than four or, or three and a half, and um, you know, just sort of just sort of keep their team, keep, give them a chance to win every night and keep their teams in games. So, uh, so it's 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 question mark. There's no doubt about it. We're kind of waiting to see if one of these guys can kind of get on a roll and, and, and carry this team for a little bit because it's been very hit and miss so far.
2: And, and something on a, on a positive note to kind of flip it here because I know it have been very negative just talking about the Sharks, but Patrick Marlowe coming back to San Jose Sharks and just made history of at age 40 being the oldest player in MLB, NBA, or NHL history to have consecutive games of 800 games, and then he also scores in that game as well. What does it meant to this team to have just the leadership and, and him back of somebody that has so much history with this organization?
0: Oh, oh, for sure. That, that it gave a huge boost to this team when he was he signed uh, he signed with the Sharks. He signed with the Sharks actually the the day after the Sharks were in Nashville uh, about three weeks ago. And so, kind of uh, for for a while there, the, the Sharks were you know early in the season against Vegas and, and, and Anaheim and Nashville. The Sharks were just very disorganized defensively and and just didn't have enough depth in front. Uh, Upfront to sort of uh, overcome some of the some of the defensive gaps that they were they were making, and so you had a guy like Marlow who who's been around, who knows who knows uh, where to be on the ice, and and uh, isn't going uh, to take unnecessary risks to create offense, to or cheat to create offense like the Sharks maybe were trying to do early in the season because goals were so hard to come by. Uh, so he's just he's just been a stabilizing factor from a uh, a two-way sort of standpoint and, and you know he started the year with uh when he started with the sharps he was on logan Couture's line uh, on the top line and you know last night he was uh he was one on joe thornton's line and you know talk about two guys who have who've played uh you know years together uh, joe thornton and, and patrick marlowe so uh you know i think, I think he's, he's just been a sort of a stabling a stabilizing influence to this team a leader a leader in the, in the room and, uh, another leader in the room, and a guy that uh, you know Pete DeBoer can can put over the boards and and uh, kind of know what he's getting from got from uh, a solid, reliable player, even though he, like you said, he's he's forty years old and toward the end of his career here.
2: And before we have to let you go, it's one of those times we're getting into November now, and that's when teams pretty much kind of know what they have, at least in terms of talent-wise. And there's been some, obviously, chatter and everything of this team's performance and possible trades, things like that. Do you think it would get to that point to where San Jose would sell early and possibly make some trades or try to trade to continue to make that push because they've been so good for so long? What is your, your take on that trade market value for the San Jose Sharks team?
0: Well, it's a little difficult from the Sharks because they got so many of their key guys locked up to, to long-term deals. And it's, so it's not, uh, it wouldn't be a blockbuster type situation for the Sharks. It would be more of a, you know, trying to add a depth forward or, or maybe finding a backup goalie on the market somewhere. And, you know, they don't have a ton of cap space to, to play with. So if you're trading for a guy, you got to set some salary out the door too to sort of make it all fit. And, uh, so I, I, I I think if the Sharks kinda of, kinda of keep petering along here at maybe five hundred or or right around there for the next few weeks, I would not certainly not be surprised if Doug Wilson you know tries to uh tries to bolster this lineup uh, in some fashion because it's not this wasn't considered to be a rebuild or a rebuilding year or a reset this year for the Sharks. They they genuinely thought that they would be contenders for the division title and be, be in the playoff hound once again. So uh I don't see this team selling Anytime soon, but um, you know they're going to have to wait and see, and, and give their GM a reason to to uh, add add some players to this team. Because there's no point in adding to the team if if you're not going to go, uh, if you don't feel you're going to make the playoffs. So uh, you're right; it kinda, the kind of the clock's kind of ticking here. We'll see what, where the Sharks stand at the end of this month. They got a ton of home games in November, so kind of see where this, this team's at, at at the end of the month. And I think this, I think Douglas will probably make some decisions after that as to how he wants to proceed.
2: Makes perfect sense to us. Well, Curtis, thank you so much for your in-depth look at the Sharks. We really appreciate it. A lot of great information. So thank you so much for joining us tonight.
0: Sure, anytime. All
2: right, folks, Curtis Pichelka Mercury News, beat writer for the San Jose Sharks. Great information there to kind of get you set for Preds versus Sharks coming up Saturday night in San Jose. Like he said, Sharks have a lot of home games coming up but it is one of those question marks because you see this team and you see some of these names you recognize of they have so many playmakers but they have lost a lot mm-hmm. as well and they have some guys locked up long-term Logan Couture locked up long-term uh Vander Kane locked up to 2425 Eric Carlson locked up a long time with mm-hmm. an 11.5 mil cap hit Brent Burns 2425 Mark Edward Vlasic to 2425 and then you have Martin Jones and Aaron Dell uh, sorry Martin Jones locked up to 2324 yeah long term contracts. Yeah.
1: And then just looking ahead to Saturday, this is one of those situations where the predators don't ever want to overlook a team right. no matter how many losses they've accrued in 16 games. You don't want to overlook them. You don't want to sleep on the sharks because the second that you do, and that's why I think we talked you mentioned about Detroit, you never want to play down <laughs> and they they proved that they aren't they aren't doing that right now. So, it'll be a, I think it's still going to be a good matchup because San Jose is going to come hungry. So. And
2: especially noted bread killer, Patrick Marlowe. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, it's one of those
2: things. He just tends to score against yep. Nashville. So hopefully they're prepared for that as well. But it'll be interesting to see how that game goes. But yeah, goaltending for San Jose has been a huge problem. Because again, they're putting some pucks in the net. They're not obviously scoring at a Predators pace, which mm-hmm. is you know 60 goals <laughs> so mm-hmm. already this season, which is just unreal. Is but 40 goals for the San Jose Sharks, but 58 allowed. So goaltending, when, you're, when one of your goaltenders is averaging close to four goals against, another one is three and a half goals against, Yikes. That's bad. Yeah. All right. Well, big thanks to Curtis. Great information there. So, really appreciate that inside uh, look at the San Jose Sharks. Up next, we have some Twitter questions to answer covering a multitude of topics. That's how we're going to close it out here on Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, the game. Producer Calvin Behind the Glass, who asked me last segment what year I graduated, I said 2002, and he found a song oh, in 2002, so Mad Props, you. and he did Crafty ask a question, Calvin. it's a Q&A, and we, we have a question that came in from Calvin Smith, oh, and okay. the question is, is there a better producer than at Smith A. Calvin? I'll hang up and listen. Uh, no, there's not. You are the best.
1: Actually... No, it's, I'm kidding. You're the <laughs> go. I wanted to see the look on your face when I, when you thought I was going to say there is a better.
2: It's also huh. a small Twitter plug for me at Smith A Calvin. There you see? go. <laughs> see, man, so smart. That
1: was very smooth, Calvin. Well, I
2: mean, That's he is wearing he's wearing a Georgia Tech hoodie Aww. or sweatshirt, which you know, plenty of smart folks go there. <laughs> plenty of smart folks, which by the way, I'll actually be in Atlanta, Georgia Tech. Is taking on Florida Atlantic in Atlanta on sat- Friday and Saturday. I'll be there Saturday Are you for that to say game.
1: That you're smart. I'm
2: trying to say I'm their commissioner and I'm going to be there. But <laughs> you're <Which is> smart. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going on a road trip with the Jack Woods, also on a oh, Spider Jack. This
1: will be fun. Yeah. This will be fun. I hope I Poor survive. Jack. Poor Jack.
2: Poor Jack. All right, let's get to our questions. I feel for
1: you, brother. For him? Yes, I feel for Jack. He has to travel with you. I've traveled with you.
2: Wow. <laughs> wow
1: wow I would be offended
2: I would be offended but you're not a jersey
1: oh (laughs) that was good that was good all right let's get to
2: our questions (laughs) it's not the winter flashy (laughs) Casey asks who has the better winter classic jerseys Nashville or Dallas
1: yes Mm -hmm.
2: I really do like them both
1: they are both good
2: I I like them both (laughs) and that's not just me trying to be non-biased I really do like they are both. both
1: I obviously I think I'm personally drawn to the predators more sure. but they have good jerseys both yeah, of them have great they're want, just gonna look so good together yes, I, yeah
2: i want to get one but i'll never be able to wear it
1: oh yeah <laughs> so i can't wear jerseys true.
2: danielle do you have an opinion
4: No, I agree. I like both. They both have that retro feel, and I Mm -hmm. want to see them on the ice. I'm really excited. I like them both. I can't take it. All
2: right, Evan asks, what's going on in the faceoff circle? Overall, the numbers aren't terrible. With the center depth they have, I would expect this area to be much better. Joey's had some especially poor games in the circle. Offensive zone faceoffs are operating at 49.8%, which is 19th in the league. So, it's interesting. When I want to look at stats like this, I want to give at least a quarter of the season. And it's not to discredit Evan, at all, thank you for sponsoring us, it's more of a, I needed 20 games. I know there's 15 in, but five more games, you get an even better average on this. Yes, can all of his own faceoffs be better? Of course. You always want to be better. You want to be above 50%, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to put a red flag on that just yet. Uh, Johansson, could he be better? Yes, but let's. I mean, we need to dive deeper who he's going off against because... Obviously, a lot of other teams are probably putting their best face-off guys against Ryan Johansson as well. And then you look at the second line, it's flipped between Matt Duchene and Kyle Turris, so you might have uneven numbers there, whereas Ryan Johansson is the center for his line. It's mm-hmm. not flipping between guys because Colton Sissons, Nick Benino especially, are all well above 50%. I think it's at 54 and 52, Yeah, so they're doing okay. So let's get to the quarter mark of the season and see where they're at there and then see if there's continued improvement on things. Because again, most teams are still trying to figure things out mm-hmm. first 10, 12 games in week of the 20 mark. You really know what you're made of.
1: That's kind of what I'm thinking a couple of weeks back. I looked into that and saw at that point, everybody was above 50, but I think that right now, 15 games in being where they are right now, it definitely, definitely could be worse, but it, there's always room for improvement and there's time for that. So like you said, it's a small sample size right now, so given more, mm-hmm. um, you'd be able to probably answer that and look at it a little bit deeper. But I totally agree. Mikkel
4: Grandlin has 57.8% right now. Ryan Johansson is below the 500 mark. It's only 15 games into the season. All the stats are going to level out once you get to that quarter mark, that half mark in the season. There's no need to freak out right now. Mm-hmm. I think that they're all going
2: to— And if they're winning—
4: it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. That that when he fi- fixes everything. So and they're on
1: pace to if they stay on pace, oh, gosh, just continue yeah. to score all these goals.
2: Right. This question just know. in from Bobby Butler: What happens first, David Poyle statue outside the Broadway entrance, or Peccarine number retired? Why not both?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> don't make us choose. That's a really good question. I, I think, like this.
2: I think just in terms of the way that pacing's going, Pecorine might be first, just because it'll be almost instantaneous. Kind of like with Roberto Luongo down in Florida, they're making that happen quick. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be fairly quick. For the Predators, once Pe- Pecorine does retire,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, that it'll be either retired, honored, something, whatever they decide to do to do for their honorship, yeah. for players,
1: like a Pecorine wall outside next to. David oh, Blue. Ho, ho, ho. that was good. It'd be flashy, but classic. Yeah.
2: Okay. Here we go. Uh, uh, I always mess up this one up. Kimi Ko. Do you feel like we're headed to replicate Chicago or Detroit with sudden inability to compete, albeit in a few years, since we have one of the oldest squads in the league, something that, that both these teams have? We're towards the top of the league. So here's the difference. Nashville doesn't have necessarily the same contract situation that Detroit had in terms of overall bad contracts. Not yet. I mean, if a player mm-hmm. just you know tanks and goes south with their skill set and everything, then there's that. But the Predators right now don't have a Brent Seabrook contract. Mm-hmm. I don't foresee them scratching... One of the leadership guys that wears an A (laughs) that has the type of contract and then you being a healthy scratch. I don't think they're going to force anybody out like that, too. Plus, there's only two no-trade clauses (laughs) on this team, so it makes it a lot more flexible. Whereas Chicago, when the last expansion draft happened, they were set with who they had to protect because of all their clauses.
1: And I think they had like, yeah, it was like eight or nine. Huge, huge. Yeah, they had to protect got to protect them to protect and them. that's where that's, where, they that's differ. where they're different
2: and Detroit had some really bad contracts as well Steve Eisman's cleaning that up a little bit
4: mm-hmm. but I don't but think they're going to face, face a situation yeah. it is a slow process I mean you have UFC tall 2028 20, Ellis tall 27 Citizens and Deshane to 26 their average age is 28.3 right now league average is around 27 they've been at 28 since 2016-17 I don't think that they're even close to pulling a detroit right now no. yeah
2: okay uh doc paul asks, which one sissons or Snossis? i'm going Snossis.
4: always snossus always Snossis. i've always said sissons but Snossis is kind of funky i kind of like it yeah you I should. jump on the bandwagon yeah there. do
2: that do that okay <laughs> here we have jim chandler good buddy at 1075 asks looks like st louis has quietly taken over the division can the preds explosive offense overcome the blue smothering style they better. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm okay if the preds don't win the division. You don't have to win the division to do well in the playoffs. Mm. You don't. And so and, and St. Louis has looked like they responded pretty well to Vladimir Tarasenko's injury. <laughs> so uh, but the thing is, as long as it can compete well in the playoffs, that it's fine by me. Mm -hmm. Dave, the athletic article today was great. If you have not read this article in the athletic about chirping in hockey, it is absolutely fantastic. It's like favorite all time chirp. He said, I got to go with uh, Waz. Got my two cup rings plugging my ears, (laughs) even though it was post game. (laughs) Uh, I I think right now, all time is tough for me, but one of my favorite ones is the Ryan Johansson one to Kessler. Is nobody likes you? (laughs) (laughs) Who could cheer for you? I I think that's a great chirp. And what's great about this article goes into the style of chirping. And some some things are off limits, what the guys do, you know, if they get pulled back, like how Brett Hull pulled on uh, Sean Avery. He's like, no, 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 nobody talks to Mr. Sackick like that. Uh, (laughs) So certain things, I highly suggest to read that article. You all have any favorite ones?
4: Speaking of Ryan Johansson, beneath the eyes a few years back, I can't say what he said on air because I don't (laughs) want to lose my job. But he likes to call people turkeys. I mean, who who takes a hit and says, oh, you turkey? Like that That's talent. I give him so much credit. That's
1: funny. (laughs) I think I had one back um this was actually back when Rich Clune was with the Nashville oh, Predators. Yep. He he was like an inch taller than Jordan Tutu and this was obviously after Tutu <laughs> left the Predators and he made a comment to him out on the ice and he's like <laughs> he's like look up look at me like look up at me or something when you're talking to me and Jordan got so mad at him <laughs> but he was literally only like an inch taller than him so Oh my gosh but the fact that you know that's when you know it's a good chirp when they get so angry oh, yeah. and they're like I, You're I didn't even say anything bad, you know I was head. just I was just really funny. Like so, that was one. a good one.
2: Well, one yeah. of them's talking about like, why
1: would anybody watch you? Like the, f-
2: the fiddler <laughs> impression. Wait, which one? <laughs> when fiddler when they're playing Vancouver and Elaine Vigno is just cannot stop laughing it's because fiddler <laughs> making fun of Kevin Biexa. <laughs> Oh, gosh. With wine and everything. is what Fidler's known for. One of the things yeah. he's known for now yeah. is that impression. is absolutely hilarious. Uh, Boyd asks, so let's address it. Taylor Hall, yay or nay? And what would, what would you be willing to give up? I'm going to go with nay because the cost of New Jersey is probably going to want is going to be too much the Predators need to pay to bring in Taylor Hall. Although it's interesting, you know, some of the comments that he made. Uh, we're playing against our – it feels like we're playing against our own fans. And even the clarification of that was worse <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would say nay just because of the cost that it's going to take right now because New Jersey already did the whole, hey, we're going to take P.K. Subban off of you for, for this return. Uh, it's not going to play in Nashville's favor. Yeah, yeah. I don't know Boyd doesn't like that answer, by the way. I know he doesn't like that. But Yeah.
1: At the time when P.K. Subban was still a Nashville Predator, looking at his contract alone, I knew there was room to to do that. But I say nay, too, because at this point with the roster where it is, I just don't, I don't see it. You know.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't see it either. So thank you all for tuning in. Big thanks to Curtis Michelka and Connor Ingram for joining us on the show. You miss any of it, go to penaltyboxradio.com and you can listen to the podcast, also multiple podcasts. Sam Fleming's doing a fantastic job of giving our reports for pre and post game as well. You can follow high school coverage, college hockey coverage, everything you need on penaltyboxradio.com for intern Danielle, producer Calvin behind the glass with them beats, and Glenn Blackwell. This is Justin Bradford. Thanks for listening to Penalty to Box Radio here on ESPN one oh two five the game.